Hey everyone, happy September. It's great to be back with you. Uh, my name's Phil, if I've not met you before, I lead the team here at St. Paul's and I love September. It's a little bit like New Year, isn't it? But without all the depressing cold, dark nights. There's a time when things kick back into life after the summer and I am excited for the term ahead of us for all that God has in store for you. September at St Paul's is a time when we often remember and reflect on the vision that God has given to us. And if you've just joined us recently, well, you need to know that God has given us a big, bold vision to make disciples, to transform communities and to plant churches. And why don't you say that with me? Make disciples, transform communities and plant churches. You know, this is what gets us excited. And what we really love is that we don't just get to talk about this stuff. This is what we get to see. This is what God is doing among us, in us and through us. And if you are a part of this church family, then this is what you get to see. And by God's grace, get to play a part in. You know, over the past decade, we have seen God do remarkable things in the area of church planting. We've launched and supported eight different churches in a variety of contexts across East London and beyond. Yeah, eight churches in 10 years. Praise God. We are so excited about that. And, and a key part of being able to do that has been raising up and releasing leaders. You know, in the last five years, there's been ama 11 amazing leaders that have been launched into ordination training from, from St. Paul's. You know, and a further three who are currently in the discernment process. Yeah, 11 in five years and more on the way. Praise God. You know, plus, countless other amazing leaders who have no desire to get ordained in the Church of England, but are being equipped to play crucial leadership roles in the church. They're leading in their workplaces, leading in their communities, leading in their families, on their streets and in their schools. You know, if you are part of this church family, then I want you to know that you are a leader in whatever sphere you find yourself in. And, uh, and it's as we all play our part and lead together that we can continue to see Jesus plant and water and grow a church. And we can continue to expect new shoots of life to spring up all over the place. Yeah, and, and as the people of God take a lead and as the church of God flourishes, communities will be transformed. And again, this is what we've been seeing even in this challenging past season. And now crucially, and this is important, you know, when I say transforming communities, what I'm not talking about is us running lots of great professionally, centrally managed programs. Although we do have a few of those, you know, community transformation is about every one of us stepping up and stepping out, following Jesus, being salt and light in our communities, being a good neighbour, all of us carrying the love of Jesus into our communities. Yeah, that is transformational. And it's something we get to help one another with and inspire one another to do, because we're in this together. You know, one of the things that I love most about our church is that we get to meet so many different types of people who are being transformatively loving in so many different kinds of ways. You know, a little while ago, we heard from Alison, who I know won't mind me saying is one of the oldest women in St. Paul's. And, uh, and over this past season, she started writing a blog 
via WhatsApp, offering faith-filled love and encouragement to local men and women, many of whom are Muslims. And she incredibly now has a readership of, of well over 50, you know, so many people being blessed by her encouragements. You know, or just last week, I was inspired by Gareth, you know, who's such a champion of this stuff. And, and after hearing of the crisis unfolding in Afghanistan, well, he tracked down some practical ways to help and, and he let a bunch of us know about it. And so as a result, lots of us were able to gather clothing and baby items and get them to somewhere where they could be distributed to some of the Afghan refugees arriving in our city. Now, you may or may not know Alison or Gareth, but I want to encourage you, mind the people that you meet and get to know at church for these kinds of stories of community transformation. They're, they're going on all over the place. You know, let's ask one another, how are you demonstrating the love of Jesus? You know, let's pray for more impact. Let's encourage and let's spur one another on. You know, we get excited about planting churches. We get excited about transforming communities. But what I really want to talk to you about today is making disciples, seeing faith come alive. And actually, where everything that I've just been talking about really stems from, your faith coming alive. You and I being disciples of Jesus. Now, we won't see our communities loved or our churches grow unless we continue to tend first to our discipleship. Yeah, and I believe that this is a season for us for a renewed emphasis on that first pillar of our vision, making disciples, beginning with our own personal discipleship, growing our faith, growing in a bold confidence in Jesus. The heart of discipleship is a growing confidence in who Jesus is and what Jesus promises. Let me say that again. The heart of discipleship is a growing confidence in who Jesus is and what Jesus promises. Know that you are called to be confident. The trouble is, I think for so many of us, uh, in so many ways, we are emerging from you know, perhaps still very much living through a season of confidence erosion, a you know, global confidence erosion. Certainties no longer seem certain. Norms have shifted fast. Plans that were made got changed. And again, and again, the places that we look to for direction and security have crumbled. We've We've lost our faith in government and in big institutions. Polarization, corruption, abuse seem to be everywhere, you know, perhaps including in the church. And instead, we, we live tentatively with skeptical but kind of necessary evil relationships with big tech. You know, we give them our data and our personal information and in return, they give us tailor-made comforts to help take the edge off this confusing world. You know, we're sure that Google is evil, but it's still the first place we go to when we get sick and we need help. 
even though we're not entirely confident that we will find good advice there. You know, finding work is difficult, buying a house is near on impossible, building intimate relationships seems to be increasingly tough. We're busy, we're distracted, we're isolated with so many things to figure out on our own. So much today seems fluid and undefined. Family, gender, identity, purpose, meaning. Poor mental health is going up. The chances that our planet will even be here in a few generations seems to be going down. We've lost confidence in a lot. And someone said to me, the other day, I'm not sure my wife and I want to have any more children because we're not confident what kind of world we would be bringing them into. But in a world of confusion, we are called to be confident, confident disciples of Jesus. The great news is that a working definition of a disciple is someone who has help. Someone who's not on their own, someone who doesn't have to figure it all out on their own, someone who is looking outside of themselves to someone else for strength, power, knowledge, ability, grace. I wanna share uh, with you one of my favorite passages of scripture. This is Hebrews chapter 14, sorry, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. It says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy in our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Perhaps my favourite verse ever. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What is the most frustrating thing when you go shopping? You know, like to a big shop. You know, let's, you're in a supermarket. You know, maybe you've been sent to find something, something niche, you know, like Passata. You know, you're, you're in a supermarket. You want to be quick. You've got other places you'd rather be. And the most frustrating thing is when there's no help. You know, all the shop assistants seem to have, have vanished. You know, the, the Passata is hiding somewhere, not even 100% sure what it is, but you just need someone to tell you where it is, you know, and even better to take you there. You just need help. Well, of course, there is one uh, thing that's more frustrating than no help, isn't there? You know, I don't know if you've ever had that moment when you actually find the shop assistant and they're like, hmm, hmm, Passata, yeah, Come with me and let me have a look. And then, and then you end up awkwardly watching someone else not find what you're looking for. But, you know, but now you're committed, you know, in, and into letting them try and help. Yeah, we don't just need help. We need help from someone who can help. 
You know, the good news is that when it comes to your life, Jesus can help. Yeah, whoever you are, whatever you think you're looking for, whatever your weakness, whatever your worry, you can be confident in Jesus because of who he is and what he promises. You know, the writer to the Hebrews reminds us that we have a great high priest, someone who will stand in the gap and advocate for us. You know, the idea of, of priests is that, is that, well, God is so big and so great and so other. We need a mediator, you know, middlemen. So priests present sacrifices, they perform ceremonies, they, they represent people to God. But that is not all you have. You have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. So who is Jesus? Well, he is a man and he is God, human and divine. And this is so important because it is who Jesus is that qualifies him to help like no other. And if he was just God, well, well, how would you approach him? And if he was just a man, well, you know, we know that's no good. But here in Jesus, we see humanity and divinity collide and we find a true mediator, a priest who is able to represent men and women in all our fragility to God and also able to represent God to us. Something no human priest could ever do. Jesus came to earth as a man, but he is God. And your faith will grow as you are confident in who Jesus is and in what Jesus promises, which we see here is sympathy and help. Yeah, and I don't mean sympathy like a kind of there, there, pat on the back, but genuine understanding and care because Jesus has been there. Now you may say, well, Jesus doesn't understand my problem, my worry, my weakness. But Jesus knows. Jesus was a man, a fragile man. He grew up as a Jew, living in an oppressed, occupied country in an, in an unfair economy. He had a family, a stepdad, brothers who didn't understand him. He went to school, he worked a job, he left a job. He knew what it was to be homeless, to be poor. He experienced fame and great praise. He was loved and he was hated. He was respected by some. He was betrayed by others. He got tired and hungry and he cried. Some of his friends got sick. Some of his friends got killed. He got killed. Now, we don't have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Yeah, Jesus remained pure and righteous. He was a man, but he wasn't just a man. Jesus is God. And that means he doesn't just know you. It means he can help 
you. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may find and receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And the good news is Jesus can help you. Now, I want to challenge you every day this week as a disciple of Jesus, approach Jesus with confidence and receive help. And over the coming weeks, we're going to be opening up the Bible together and asking, what is the discipleship principle that I can take away and apply to my life this week? God has given us a big vision, a vision to make disciples, transform communities and plant churches. But we're not on our own. You know, we all have a part to play. So come on, let's be confident because Jesus's disciples get Jesus's help. Let's approach him now together. Hey, will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for who you are. You are God. Yet you gave up so much to walk on this earth that you might understand me. Thank you that you know me, yet you still choose me. Thank you that you know me, yet you still love me. Thank you that in you we find all the help we need. I want to encourage you just now in this moment to lift your need to Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I pray for every person hearing this message today, that their faith might grow, increase their confidence in who you are and in what you promise. Amen.